0: Welcome to Ageless by Rescue. This podcast is devoted to exploring the science of rejuvenation, uncovering the most trusted experts, the must-have products, innovations and technology in the field of vitality, aesthetics, new beauty and cosmetic enhancement. I'm Baha Etmanen, the founder and editor of Ageless by Rescue, Ageless by Rescue gives you unprecedented access to international and Australian experts and visionaries.
1: Hi, it's Miranda Kerr here on Ageless by Rescue podcast. Hi, this is Martha Kay, and you are on Ageless by Rescue podcast. I'm Trini Woodall. I mean, I feel I'm being interviewed by the sexiest woman in the world.
0: Michael Brown's so good to be reunited with my first makeup love.
1: Yeah, (laughs) we've been uh, working together for a long time and it's great to see you as well.
0: Uh, Michael, you are my go-to makeup artist when I want to do tips and tricks and in fact I'm really excited to share with you all the many chapters that you appeared in in my book, Rescue Me, uh, Makeover Guide for a Life More Fabulous and talking about um, makeup as a tool to make you feel ageless is one of your specialties. In fact, it's a signature of yours. So Mm. I'd love you to take us through your philosophy of how makeup um, makes you look and feel ageless.
1: I think we always hear so many makeup artists, beauty experts saying, you know, it's all about uh, not covering the face and lit from within and all these words that make you feel like your makeup's gonna look so natural and so realistic. But we all know that there are some people that just are too heavy handed and maybe use too much coverage for what their skin needs and don't actually look at the person's actual skin concerns. They have one foundation and go, this is your coverage. You're gonna get full coverage look glamorous but some of us don't need that full coverage so I'm all about seeing what the skin can do naturally. If it already has some glow in it and some freshness, keep that and then only cover what you need. So I'm all about complexion and I feel like if your complexion is amazing, everything else, eye makeup, lipstick will pop. If your complexion's all ruddy and not really smooth, the eye makeup and lipstick gets lost. So I'm really big in complexion and that all starts with skin prep, which I know you love your skin and skin prep really is the answer to the best complexion.
0: Um, You work with a lot of celebrities and you're recognized as a celebrity makeup artist. So celebrities have the opportunity to work with someone like you. They have a glam squad, so the best hairdressers, the best skin experts, the best makeup artists. But for a lot of uh, normal women, probably the only time that they've had a makeup artist look after them is on their wedding or at their formal or uh, a very big event in their life. What are some of the tips that you can share that you would share with your celebrity clients uh, on evolving your makeup look through every stage or uh, I I don't think it's age, I think it's stage of life?
1: Yeah, you know, I have been... Uh, doing makeup for 21 years I had to think about that 21 years now so my technique has obviously changed dramatically from when I started to now that's 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 because of just seeing other makeup artists work obviously products innovation textures of products are so much more realistic now but I still pretty much have the basics in my kit that nude kind of eyeshadow palette with a bit of a peachy brown a chocolate brown and a caramel I still have the peach blush I still have the bronzer you know concealer foundation they're all pretty much the same products that I don't really you know obviously add in for something really fun and uh, like a big red carpet event but I still have those like say six to eight products that are always there even from years ago to now so I don't think you have to think about spending more money it's just working out where the product should go on your face um, where highlight and shade if you understand highlight and shade and understand that a darker product recedes a lighter product uh, brings something forward you'll know how to shape and sculpt your face that is really how I do makeup it's all about shading and sculpting first and then you put the fun stuff on like a lipstick or a lip gloss or like a shimmer eyeshadow. So those basics don't really change. It's working out what's best for your face, which is kind of hard to do it in like a summary, Uh, but just trial and error and working out what looks good. You know, some people look good with a straight eye line there. For some people, it can really close up their eyes. So a smudgy eyeliner is better. So it's kind of working out what's better for your eye shape, uh, skin type, and also face structure. But my products don't really change in terms of those basics. So People shouldn't think about the spend. It's more about how to use them correctly.
0: So having filler um, aesthetic treatments like laser or even surgery is probably out of the realms of reality for a lot of people. Are there things that we can do to treat those? You know, particular problem zones as we age yeah. with makeup. Uh, I was yes. thinking what would be fun is if we kind of pull out an area and then you can give some tips that could be in instead of having a treatment so you talked about sure. eyes before um what are some things that we can do because you know as you age your um gravity takes hold your uh your lids uh will droop your uh uh eyes recede you get hollowness under your eyes what are some makeup tips and tricks that we can do to combat that
1: i just start with one thing and that's brows i think your brows are so much more important to a person's face than they actually think um when i first started makeup artistry it's quite funny i started makeup artistry a bit of freelance but more in the retail environment working for very large cosmetic brands and i remember back in the day we did makeups on people and makeovers and all these in-store events and i would say there wasn't really much brow products out there We probably just brushed it up and didn't even put a pencil through. Now the brows have really made a comeback because we've realised a little bit of density, a little bit of thickness in the brow actually frames the face. Now my brows naturally are really, really blonde. My hair's natural. That's really blonde. My beard's really blonde. So I dye these to give my face structure because I do so much television and on-camera work. If I didn't have the shape here and the density and the colour, it would be really washed out and you wouldn't see structure. So brows, I think, really is something that all women need to have a brow pencil or a brow powder or a brow pomade, whatever is better for you. Even just a brush up of the hairs gives the illusion of lift and I think brows is something that people do go, I'll skip that, I'd rather do mascara and eyeliner. Fair enough, but the brows really hold everything up and that's why we like them a little bit thicker these days.
0: And do you think that that's a quick win in terms of like an anti-aging look? Because, of course, you know, when you're younger, you have thicker, bushier, fuller brows. So it does kind of recreate or mimic an ageless look when you
1: you fluff up the brows. In today's world, the, the products are just so good. I mean, I've got two different brands of eyebrow pencils in my kit. I have Fenty Beauty and Kat Von D Beauty, both of them for slightly different reasons, but they both have a very, very small tip, and that's what you need for a brow pencil. Back in the day, brow pencils were looked like a normal colouring in pencil. They were quite fat, so you were getting these really thick, kind of unnatural looking brow makeup whereas now we can feather and draw little hair strokes and I actually go above someone's brow and draw a little bit above the brow to give that lift I don't go underneath so that way when you brush your hairs up the hairs cover the pencil you just applied to give that density in that frame so it's all about knowing where to apply as well putting it underneath will actually bring your eyes down bring it too far out will bring your eyes down so you need to kind of really be careful that archway and always go above your brow brush it up and then your hairs give that illusion of lift so it's just it's just once again knowing how to use the product
0: so um we talked about the droopy lid what are some of the tips and tricks that you can do in your makeup chair that can give the illusion of a lift
1: now i've worked with people from 15 up to 90 in my time, in my 21 years. And I would say for anyone over 50 especially, they always go, oh, not much on the eye for me, very natural. You know, I'm older now and I'm like, don't be silly. Like we need to still give structure and definition. One of my um, clients that I do regularly is Gay Waterhouse, a very uh, well-known, uh, you know, racing royalty. She often has to do makeup for events and speaking engagements and television and I've been teaching her to actually go a little bit bit deeper in her eye socket not saying you have to use like a black or a charcoal or a dark brown you can even use a very very light taupe a bronzer or a caramel but just shading in that socket area a little bit more and going higher than what you actually think will actually receive that heaviness and that puffy lid to then give the illusion of the open eye so it's actually going a little bit darker in certain areas my dark points are always the outer lash line and into the eye socket to kind of sculpt lift and pull back any excess skin uh, that is showing from age, and that way you look lifted and your eyes are more open.
0: You sound like a um, doctor. Uh, What (laughs) about uh, to shimmer or not to shimmer?
1: Oh, look, Baha, you know that I'm a very, very big fan of the shimmer, but in (laughs) in very small concentrated areas if someone has a palette with a beautiful shimmery gold or peach people get excited and I see them with the brush going all over that's when it can get a bit you might be highlighting areas that you don't want especially if the skin on the eye um, is a little bit crepey when we get a little bit older or dry so just keep it very minimal on the lowest part of the central eyelid so even get a small like a really small brush and just pop A little bit there, a little bit there, it's literally all you need to actually give a little flicker of highlight rather than going all over the lid. Someone who's a bit younger or maybe like yourself has a beautiful large lid, you can go a bit higher, but I would keep it more to the lash line. And
0: speaking of lashes and lash line, let's talk about eyeliner because, you know, when uh, often when we're younger, we're a bit more experimental, so we play with more colour. I certainly did. And when I was, you know, in my teens and first discovered eyeliner, It was in your eye, around your eye, cat's eye, and it was quite heavy-handed with the eyeliner. Is there a more youthful youthful way to wear eyeliner and should we be making a few adjustments to help sculpt, lift and
1: shape? I mean, I came from a dancing background, so I remember when I was um – 19, I was working in a department store and every woman got black eyeliner, like thick, because I was so used to that from dancing. And then I realized, hmm, not many people like that just going to work or just going, you know, on their casual uh, day affairs. So I realized now that you don't have to use the darkest liner to get the trick. I actually like using our chocolate browns now and coppers. I find they work with all eye colors because um, brown is normally a bit darker than the blue, the green, the hazel. And then the coppery or something slightly Shimmery works best with the actual brown colour eye uh, to bring some contrast. And that one solid line doesn't actually suit many people. It can, but if you're a newbie or you want to try something new, it's probably best to apply the eyeliner, say in a pencil, and then slightly smudge it out with a brush or your fingertip to get a smokier look. That will actually give the illusion of like lift rather than a solid line could be quite hard and then it closes the eye up. So be careful of that, especially the inner eye here the inner rim of the eye Um, that was a very big look in the 90s dark in there but it really can close up so as we age it's all about more um, not doing this to the eyes it's bringing it out like that so I would always smudge a a little bit darker on the outer and smudge up almost like it's looking like eyeshadow that's the best type of liner to use and don't think it's black all the time Browns, olive greens, even some plums for some uh, brown eye colours. And if you want a metallic, metallic eyeliners can be placed in the inner part of the eye. So you get a bit of fun here, a bit of colour where you can see it towards the tear duct, but keep your depth always on the outer to keep that balance.
0: So we're still on the eye. What are the rules of engagement around mascara as we're aging or to kind of freshen up our makeup look? So we might not actually be aging, but we might want a more modern, more ageless look to our makeup?
1: Yeah. um, Once again, going with the clients and people that I've worked with before, um, you know, who they class themselves as mature, uh, they always go, oh, use brown on me because brown mascara might be a little bit more natural. But that age group tends to wear less makeup than say when you're 20 or 30 or even sometimes 40. So it's kind of like, well, actually black's probably better for you because it will actually stand out more in contrast from your eye color and then it'll give you more shading around the eye. Because when your lashes are dark, that's why people wear fake lashes because it actually acts like a bit of an eyeshadow. It kind of shades that area for you to give that illusion of lift and definition. So I would not use the brown personally. I'd always use a black because uh, I find it just gives the best contrast. And black isn't really that dramatic, especially if you use a mascara that's more lengthening and not a real chunky, you know, volume type mascara. But lashes yeah, I are. Always,
0: okay. Yeah, I always feel like if you have too much mascara on, it can age you. It can look really heavy and. Yeah, too um, thick.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. So the formula needs to be a bit thinner. Try and go something that's a little bit more lengthening. So um, I actually only use one brand of mascara in my kit for the last three years. That's Marc Jacobs Beauty. They've got one called Velvet Noir, which is very thick. It's amazing for me because I do a lot of red carpet makeups and they want to look, you know, quite dramatic and it's good for volume. But their new one, I think it launched last year. It's called At Lashed. It's in a beautiful gold and black packaging and that's much thinner. So if you just want black but not too thick, the lash just really separates, really lengthens and gives you that light shading of black rather than being a real, like, chunky black that is more of a false lash effect.
0: That's fantastic. It's always nice to get some direction with mascara because there's just so many on the market. It's hard, <laughs> it's hard to navigate. Let's talk about under eyes. I mean, this is one of the most popular areas for fillers. It, um, yeah prp um laser treatments lifting what can we do with makeup um, to address two things one is the hollowness which is why you would have filler and the second is uh, you know the the grayness or uh, a bluish purplish hue that's so super aging
1: yeah i i probably think this is probably in all the work I've done over the years in terms of my writing, um, even doing my segments on the Today Show, everyone wants to know how to look fresher under the eyes. It's pretty much the most commonly asked question for makeup artists. There's really not one product. I always use two. I think I've discussed this with you before as well. I get quite dark under the eyes. Um, So when I am doing, you know, big TV segments, I use the two concealer trick. Basically, you need two shades of concealer to really get the under eyes popping. And if you've ever watched, um, say, the Kardashians, you know, they kind of started the whole um, tutorial uh, behind the scenes makeup artistry thing years ago. They always use that really orangey colour Concealer first because of their skin tone and then a brighter on the top. So for me, I'm a bit I'm a bit lighter in skin tone, but I still use a really peachy yellow concealer first, which actually isn't my skin tone. But remember, it's going on an area that is darker, like you said, grayish, bluish tone. So you need to correct that tone and then brighten. You can't put the light, fabulous one on just by itself because it will go grey and your under-eye will look ashy and probably worse. So if you correct with orangey, warm, yellowy, even a peachy tone, depending on your actual skin tone, correct the area first. It, it may look a bit dull. That's great. Then you put the light over the top and press it in, you get magic because you've corrected and then you brightened. If you just brighten, you're not correcting. That's why you get the ashiness under your eye.
0: And what it's about deep, that hollowness? Is there anything you could do to kind of fake or disguise a deep set eye socket yeah. or under eye?
1: So once you've done that, the, the, the kind of general correction, the correction and the brightness, that's pretty much what everyone would need to look really fresh under the eye, especially the, the, the darker the circle you have, the more orangey you need to do. I know some Indian girls that actually use orange lipstick because they can't actually find a, a orange concealer that, that dark for them, their skin tone. Once you've done the two, the, uh, correct and brighter, then get an even lighter concealer. So one shade lighter again and dot on, on the actual area where the hollow is, normally right in that area there, like a dot, 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 dot. You don't blend it into the eye area this time. You get the smallest brush or a mini, mini beauty blender and actually dab on the hollow, dark area. So that little trough, they call it, will actually then be lifted forward because something that's dark obviously recedes. So the brighter concealer over the top again on that little pinpoint area will then bring the uh, shift the eye forward.
0: And what about things like highlighter pens that are so popular? A lot of people mistakenly use those as concealers. That's not a concealer. That's not for under the eye.
1: Yeah, well, actually, the highlighting pen, for example, the YSL Tushy Club, that's probably the most famous one that we all know and love. That's what I mean about going lighter again. So you could use an actual concealer. Like I probably wouldn't use that as a male. It's a bit too glowy, but as a female... Love it. But something lighter or something like a highlighting pen on that pinpoint area, and we normally conceal a blend in the whole area. This time you're pinpointing and only putting the highlight dots on the trough of the eye where it's kind of sinking in or hollow and then that will lift it forward for you and of course like you know I mean look at me now I'm brighter it's all about the lighting so if you're taking a photo and you know you have dark circles or that hollowness you don't want to be facing away from the light it's going to really bring that forward you want a light on you uh, front facing to really lift that area out.
0: So let's move down the face because that was fantastic for for the eye area and Um, The other area that, you know, people spend a lot of money on is um, around uh, the cheeks (laughs) for filler um, and, you know, laser, ultrasound, lifting devices. Can we fake, uh, you know, fuller, higher cheekbone?
1: Yes. So I know we, I kind of mentioned earlier about contouring and how face structure and knowing what highlight and shade is, is so important. So just to kind of, you know, recap, high, um, shading for example, using a bronzer or something in darker tone, even a darker foundation or a darker concealer can work under a cheekbone. So I've got a mirror here so I can see my face, but there's like a, um, you know, a, a, a bone that you can feel, shading goes under the bone and that only gives you structure and a sharper, say cheekbone, jawline, you know, um, eye area, whatever it is you're putting under the bone. But something like a blush, not dark, so it needs to be pinkish, peachy, that kind of brighter shade. If you put that on top of the shading, right on the plump bit, the kind of fatty part of the cheek, that's actually going to lift. Contouring alone, everyone goes, oh, but I've contour, but I still look a bit. It's because you probably contoured too much or you haven't then balanced it out with something brighter to lift. So that sharpens and shapes. So a round face, for example, would love that to cut in, but then they still uh, want this kind of freshness here, so peach or pink blush on the apple front part. So I actually do it quite high, quite quite rounded and high there will give that lift and that structure. So you kind of need both, almost like the concealer trick. It takes two products to really get the best cheek effect. Cream or powder? You know what? Lately, I must admit I've been using a lot more cream. Um, I think it was last year, I was very lucky enough to work with Miranda Kerr for three months. She was in Australia, um, you know, hiding from COVID and hiding from the US election and just taking a break, uh, being a new mum. And I was with her for three months and we did a lot of work in those three months, probably two to three times a week. And she loves a cream blush. I do too, but it wasn't something that I use all the time. And probably since December, Every makeup I do now, I use a cream blush. I just think it just looks fresher. It tends to blend better into the skin and it does look slightly more dewy to give that freshness, which I absolutely love as a makeup artist.
0: And in terms of the contouring um, that you've mentioned a couple of times, we can go back to it later, but again, uh, cream or blush? And do you have any kind of rules of thumb in terms of selecting the shade to contour with?
1: Mm, so, you mean cream or powder? Yeah. Cream, sorry, cream or powder. Uh, that's yes. right. I thought you meant that. Yeah, cream. Um, I, I personally use a lot more powder just for like general makeups. But then, if someone's getting filmed, you know, I do a lot of clients that may be doing a TV commercial or they're actually going on morning television or they're doing something with a lot of lighting or, you know, very studio style stuff, which is probably not what the general consumer is doing. But for that, I use a cream because the cream on first can get the real depth that I need and then finish with the powder. But I would say if you're just, um, you know, using it to go to lunch, go for dinner, go to a wedding, go to a nice event, I think powder contouring is just probably easier. The the liquid ones can get a bit messy and if you leave it on too long and get distracted, they can set and be quite hard to blend because they're darker than your skin tone. So I think powder is the best. Just use a bronzer but make sure the bronzer is matte because shimmer will do the opposite to what the shading needs to be. It will attract light, whereas um, shading kind of detracts light and brings everything hollow and darker. So I think a powder is great. In terms of shading, it's normally one to two shades darker than your skin tone. Just make sure it's not too ashy or too orange. It needs to be in the middle. So it's just once again testing on your skin, which is hard to kind of explain in this way. But It's just trial and error about testing on your skin tone. But two shades darker is is, is plenty, no more than two shades. Can you teach us about um, makeup nose jobs? Makeup nose jobs. Well, we know that uh, nose contouring is not obviously new. It's been around for a long time. I I, I do think it has softened off. And in in general, that contouring, I think we're seeing a lot more fresher makeups. I actually think COVID-19 last year was quite good in that way because makeup looks and trends have been coming back ever since so fresh. We all really honed it on skincare last year and redid uh, masks and serums and probably did things we don't normally do because we had more time on our hands and working from home. Um, so I think skin trends are really coming forward. So the makeup trends have been much less. We haven't been seeing full-on runaway looks. We haven't been seeing harsh contouring. Everything's getting a bit softer. Even the Kardashians are getting softer, which is a good sign. Um, so I really think that the nose contouring definitely can work, which is shading down the sides of the nose. So the panels here, you can either just do a light brush down the actual panel of the side nose. If you have a quite a wide nose and you want something really dramatic, obviously you can do a much more pinpointed um, contour look, but that's a bit more artistry. So I would just suggest to get a fluffier brush about you know, small, medium and just dust the sides rather than doing a two-lined look and always highlight the centre part of the nose to bring that part forward and the shading on the side goes back. So you get a nice, slim, trimmer-style nose.
0: What can we do with our lips? I mean, you know... um lip liner has always has comes in and out of fashion but obviously fuller lips are a marker of youth um we lose volume in our lips as we age um and also i believe that this area of the uh the lips uh lengthens as well uh, what do you do to trick a fuller lip um with makeup
1: i think lips are actually probably the easiest in a way because most women are used to doing a lipstick or a lip liner uh whereas contouring and shading some of them just aren't used to that or don't know how to do that so they tend to watch a lot more tutorials about that part but the lips i think women uh, most of them have been using lip liner for a while lipstick for a while so basically always think about the the center of the lip the really central part of the lip always needs to look that little bit lighter because once again, the light will attract and make that centre part look larger and fuller. And then we darken or deepen, I should say, the outer parts of the lips. So that could be as simple as using, um, say, a chocolate brown uh, lip pencil and lining the whole lip of the pencil, but on the outer areas here, just shading it in a little bit more, but keeping the centre pretty much free of any lip liner. Then using a nice beige or a peach lipstick over the top It will will go over the brown lip, lovely, but the centre will still look brighter because you've left it free or adding an extra gloss in the centre or adding a highlighted gloss like a frosted gloss in the centre. So lip touring, as they call it, is quite common. Sometimes you can even use two lipsticks. You might use a red to start with and then a brighter pink just in the centre to bring a different dimension to it. So it's like highlight and shade, shade and highlight. So you always highlight the very centre of the mouth.
0: One of the things that people complain about with lip ageing is, you know, fine lines around the lips and lipstick bleeding. Um, Mm. And so people who say, for example, you always loved a really beautiful red lipstick tend Mm. to feel a bit um, shy about using a a beautiful, bold color. Uh, What are Mm. some tips about um, the around the area, around the lip area that as we age that, you know, are there any products or tips or tricks that we can do to stop the feathering?
1: This is quite interesting because I'm a really big lip prep. Uh, how we just described this lip prep lip prep guy, I guess, in makeup. Um, I think it's something that we just skip and think about serums and moisturizers and primers and eye creams, and we're all doing that. But obviously with my work, I do have the luxury of a bit more time, I guess, because my client normally is, you know, scheduled in for an hour makeup or a 45-minute makeup. So they know they're going to be sitting there a bit longer than, say, you at home getting ready for work. But if someone does have a textured top lip, meaning there's a bit of fine lines there, it's really important to use a lip scrub. I actually use the Bite Beauty range. I love their lip scrubs. It's agave, tastes good. Uh, but, but, but if you scrub around the edges of the lip before you start any makeup, it just kind of buffs and smooths the area so that area is as smooth as possible. Lip balm won't do it. That will hydrate. But if you have any uh, bumpiness, uh, textured lip, you need to smooth and buff it away to kind of plump it and then apply lip balm. Thing is, I often forget that I've applied lip balm to my client and then you start doing lip pencil and realize why is it slipping? It's not working. So you need to make sure when you do your lip liner, say 20, 30 minutes later, you need to just make sure that area has got no lip balm on top because once again, the lip liner will slip and slide. So then if you take off the lip um, balm, sorry, then draw your lip liner. It's going on an area now that's been buffed, it's been smoothed, it's been hydrated. So the lip liner will be really sharp. Um, and perfect. It only bleeds when the lipstick is too hydrating, too moisturizing. Now I know you're thinking well that sounds actually quite nice having a moisturized lip uh, or lipstick but unfortunately the the real liquidy ones they do tend to creep into um, a lip that's textured. So if you do have that textured lip, buff, smooth, hydrate. Wipe off, sharp lip line and try and use a lip liner that's quite dry in its texture. That would would be a barrier and then lipstick in the middle of your lip, not going over the top. And glosses and really slippery type products, they will move in, so keep away from that. Or if you want to highlight the lip, only use the shimmery products or liquid products on the bottom lip in the centre for the highlight. But, yeah, keep that top lip a little bit drier so nothing moves into the area
0: that's th- those are great tips for the lips and you're right we we do forget to prep the lip and then we want so much you know it, it is such a focal um, makeup product and then you wonder why it doesn't look as good as it used to um yeah. i want to go back to where we started which was skin prep and uh, complexion which really is your signature the celebrities that i know you work with always have the most gorgeous skin erin holland um you know, she glows from the inside out, Nikki Phillips, Kate Waterhouse. Um, and I know you've worked with uh, international celebrities as well. I remember when you worked with Giselle, she was incredible. Yeah. Um, and Miranda, who you mentioned, uh, who's on our podcast as well. How do you, what you mentioned, less is more, and that we probably need to look at changing up our complexion products. Mm. What what should we be doing as, as we're getting older to, to give a more youthful, glowy um, appearance to our skin?
1: I think um, obviously time is obviously an issue for a lot of people and I totally get that because I say some things and then I people go, who has time for that? I'm like, I, I, I totally get it. But people always go, well, how come they have that skin? How come that person's glowing at that age or n- not even an age thing, just they look so good? It actually is because we do spend time. And that's the thing when I'm doing really large events, um, you know, back when we had these amazing red carpets before COVID and massive events, I would spend 20 minutes prepping someone's skin before I even put any foundation or concealer on. You do massage techniques. Now we have all these beautiful rolling products and gouaches that can really massage. And they actually do make a difference in how your skin is feeling, how taut it is, um, how products are absorbed into the skin. Basically, I like my foundation on all my clients to look as realistic as possible. So probably just the most basic tip that anyone can adapt is using a tiny bit of face oil on top of the cheekbone area. That's the area that we all want to have a beautiful glow, a really beautiful, youthful look. And the more foundation we apply there, unfortunately, because we smile and we do get expression lines there, foundation can look a bit eh, crepey after, say, two or three hours. So on every client I do, I obviously use moisturiser, sometimes a serum. Um, Nine times out of ten, I use a blurring primer, not a primer to draw shine or give glow. A blurring primer is amazing. I've got two in my kit. One's a Marc Jacobs Beauty, a little bit more... Um, not top dollar but a bit bit more expensive and that blurs but it's a balm being a balm it doesn't give that dryness it blurs but feels moisturized uh, but silky and then on a Uh, you know, more drugstore scale, The Ordinary, uh, their sub-brand, Hylamide, have a beautiful blur product. That's great for the centre because lighting, as you see lighting on me now, you want the centre of your face to look a bit more fresh and blurred. But the oil trick is literally dabbing one, two, three dobs of oil. Any oil? um, I mean, I use a Cora because of Miranda. She kind of gave it to me, and now I'm just obsessed with the Cora oil. But you can use any oil that's a modern oil, that's going to be dry oil, uh, nothing too rich, obviously. Uh, like a, 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 um, even a rose hip is fine. A couple of dabs. You'll see the difference. It kind of absorbs in. that when your foundation goes on top, you turn to the side and you get a natural highlight. So you don't have to be rushing to get these makeup highlights that can really make your skin look made up and too glittery and too reflective and just too young almost for some people as well. The, the, the glow of the oil really shines through the foundation. It makes the foundation look more realistic, more skin-like, and it's one of my best tips and I use it on everyone, and I love it because of the freshness that it gives your foundation.
0: Do you think we should um, skip foundation and try, you know, hybrid products like BB creams, CC creams, tinted moisturizers um, mm. every now and then? Just because I always think, you know, when you look at youthful skin and when we're younger, we you, you see the skin coming through, you see freckles coming through. There's yeah. so, there's a beauty in seeing some of the imperfections. Um, yeah. Do you ever play with that?
1: I do. I, I'm a big fan of even just using concealer and no foundation, have beautiful skincare. That's kind of the dream, um, you know, and most people do see something that don't like. We're all very hard on ourselves. We look in the mirror and go, oh, dark circles, oh, there's a pimple, there's pigmentation, and we see one thing that could be on one tiny part of our face and we grab the full coverage foundation, which you don't need that at all. You basically need something really fresh and light to suit the majority of your skin if that's what, you know, you need, and then only grab a concealer or something heavy for that one area. You can dab and pinpoint that one area. We don't need to cover the whole face because of one concern. That's what I see a lot with Australian women and skin and consumers. Um, where I find we, we're very foundation heavy, and we we tend to think the foundation is going to fix everything. The skin prep will fix everything, and then we should be adding a little bit of color and pigment where we need to diffuse redness, diffuse dark circles, and. Make ID, pinpoint, conceal um a pimple or pigmentation so I'm a big fan of that but it's very hard to teach that my niece is now 16 love her but wow that foundation is thick and I'm like what are you doing you're 16 years old but I've got a pimple and they cover their whole face so I think it's just something that we all need to just experiment more and try it out and don't be scared about showing your real skin forward um you know this this whole COVID thing's made everyone pare back a bit but now you know this year we've been lucky enough to go out a lot don't go back to the full foundation look. You can have your skin looking glowing and this just kind of diffuse with a bit of pigment when you need to.
0: I, I really noticed the, um, the evolution of Jacinda Campbell's look. She, she you know, is from a beauty uh, pageant background and um, she was a Miss Australia. And um, I love how she wears her makeup. You always see beautiful, healthy skin. And yeah. um, to me, she looks younger. Uh, it you know, every time she steps out with that really dewy, glowy skin, um, yeah. she looks so young and so, so beautiful. And I think that, you know, when you look back at your photos, you were so critical of yourself. But my God, you, you always um, you're quite amazed at how fresh you actually look.
1: Yeah, she actually gets a lot of uh, DMs on Instagram when I do her makeup asking about the skin. Um, and really, we don't really use that much. She is very blessed and she has beautiful skin, but she works with it. She uses a lot of products. She has masks, she has serums, you know, and now she's got a baby. I was over the other day. She's using her, you know, her roller, the the, the baby's sitting here and she's rolling away. You know, there's, there's always some time in your day when you can probably get out one of those massaging tools and just give your skin a bit of an at-home facial. Use a sheet mask even while you're cleaning or lying on the couch watching Netflix. I've got an LED face mask that I use watching TV. It's great. Like, um, it's just relaxing. So just put a bit of time into it and you do get the results. I know everyone goes, oh, I've got no time, I'm time poor. There's always some part of the day when you can probably do something for your skin.
0: I would like to ask you about your beauty routine because, you know, you're a, a beauty ambassador yourself and, as you know, we, we've known each other a really long time um, yeah. and one of the most popular articles that you ever wrote on Rescue was the journey of your hair transplant, which completely yeah. transformed uh, uh, how you look. It, it's yeah. extraordinary to me. But I'd love you to share um, with us, what you do as uh, on a regular basis, you know, um, filler, mm-hmm. facials, laser, whatever you're happy to uh, share with us. But I'd also love you to touch on the your journey of um, transforming your hair.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, when I look at photos when I was younger and – To be fair, I've always worked in the industry since I was 19, so I kind of had no excuse. Um, I've always had products at my feet. I've always been at brands that, you know, gift you things or at trainings that would gift you the latest product um, but I think just lifestyle. Uh, back when I was working for the L'Oreal group, I was there for eight years, I was traveling a, a lot. like I'm talking 30 trips a year um, all around Australia, New Zealand, Asia, and Paris to get trained myself and then come back and train the country. Amazing role, amazing experiences, but it does play havoc with your skin. And I wasn't a big water drinker back then, like probably at all, to be honest. Um, so that was really bad. and I go, wow, it looks so much older when I was 25 than I do now. And I think it's just as you age, you kind of realise you do need to spend that bit of time and you can't just go, well, I do have that really expensive serum on my shelf. Every now and again, I'll put that on and that will do something. It needs to be a daily thing. And, you know, it's obviously what you uh, do internally with water and diet. But for me, I am lucky. I've got a lot of products at my disposal. I get a lot of gifts, probably like yourself. And you do try things. You do get a bit scared because you don't want to try everything at once because obviously overstimulating your skin can be too much. And that's actually what I think I was doing at those brands I was working for. I had every product. I was a bit younger than maybe the products meant for, and I was using this and using that and putting this on four layers of creams. I think I was overstimulating my skin, which aged me. And now I've paired things right back and only using what I need. Um, I do use masks. I think masks once a week, twice a week can really benefit. Just moisturizing daily often is not enough. One day I could be at home all day doing admin. Sitting in my house, which could have heating or aircon, I guess as well. But then the other day, I'm out and about. In one minute, I'm in the cold. One minute, I'm in the hot. Then I'm, you know, traveling or something. So my my skin gets um, kind of abused a lot during the week. So it's really important to protect. Exfoliation is key. I can't I can't go on about exfoliation. I think you use this as well. The Olay at home. Um, oh yeah, reserve. I
0: love that one. That uh, microdermabrasion, the dual yeah. effect. I love it.
1: Yeah, so it's an AHA, the alpha hydroxy acids, and it's vitamin C, and it's a two-set two, two at-home facial. I've been using that since COVID last year, and I find that's been amazing for my skin, just the texture of it. So when I do wear makeup, the um, foundation gets closer to the skin because you're renewed. But, yeah, I, I kind of use a bit of everything, a serum here, definitely sunscreen, um, exfoliate once a week, mask twice a week. I'm definitely a big skincare user. but and what not about wearing-
0: treatments? Do you do... You see, do- anti-aging injections do you have light therapy what do you do outside of um, skincare because you just turned 40 um, you are in the beauty industry and you know uh, your face is on tv a lot so I think it's really nice to have men talk about their um, grooming and anti-aging journey as well because it it gives permission for everyone to talk about it without feeling ashamed and feeling um, self-conscious
1: I mean, over the years, I've been invited to many um, facial type events. I've had many different types of facials over the years. I love that. It's kind of a break from reality. Um, in terms of skin treatments, um, I've had the hydro microderm abrasion that I really liked it because it didn't feel Um, not as rough as what I experienced years ago when myconimbration first came to the mark, I'm talking like 10 years ago. The hydro one kind of sucks your skin and infuses moisture in there. I really liked the plumpness effect. I would say probably the most used treatment I do or most treatment I do is the LED light. Now, before COVID, I was getting that at 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 a clinic Then I got sent my at-home one and I've been using my at-home one at least three times a week since, say, um, halfway through last year and I honestly have seen a lot of difference. I'm actually due, really due, for my Botox. Um, I was supposed to get it before my 40th last week but because I was so busy. um, I just didn't have the time to schedule in because where I go is so busy. So I decided to go, okay, I just can't get it, I'll do it after. So I'm actually quite due now. So I do get Botox but only three times a year. I I don't like to see anything um, starting to move again and then immediately go back in for more injections. I I like to get my skin moving again and to get a bit of, um, you know, movement, muscle memory, and then get it done. So I usually do it around three occasions, Mardi Gras in March, my birthday in June and Christmas, so that's my three times a year where I get some type of Botox injectable. But that's really it. It's only uh, Botox, my LED light, um, facials, but I gen- generally use more at-home stuff because I'm so lucky to get gifted so many beautiful products. And what
0: about your body? Have you ever tried any body treatments um, other than your yeah. hair transplant?
1: Yes, so I did the hair transplant now six years ago, which Unbelievable. is insane six years ago because it does feel like it wasn't that long ago um I was quite receding at the front um probably two inches back I would say um like you said on on the rescue site there's an article there that I still share to people because I still get DMs from random guys all over the country saying I've seen your article I've heard your story or my doctor told me to speak to you and I still share that um that was an amazing uh, confidence boost for me getting a hairline again um you yeah, it was actually amazing in terms of what it did for me uh, personally um, because I am always on camera and getting filmed you do see your hair and angles that probably the general person doesn't see because I'm getting filmed from all different directions and a lot of studio lighting I was really seeing how thin I was with my work um, in terms of body though I have done cool sculpting I've done Haven't two sessions. yeah and did I did like that it? Probably uh, three to four years ago now, I did like it, yes. Um, It's not the most comfortable treatment. It does feel very strange having a machine literally suck in either your stomach or around the sides. For men, it's really common around the love handles and the stomach. For women, they love under the arms, inner thighs. Um, But, yeah, it's a really weird feeling. It doesn't hurt, but it's not comfortable. But I was a 32 waist and then I became a 30, so that was actually really. It actually uh, trimmed me down. But like anything, you have to keep up with the activities, your diet and fitness. So last year during COVID, that all kind of went out the door. And I did put a bit of weight on. So now I'm back on a training program and I'm feeling really good again. So yeah, I have had a few things done to my body as well.
0: So you, you are really um, a picture of glowing health and you look Fantastic and probably better than I've seen you in a long time. Do you have a wellness and vitality ritual that makes you feel like you can keep your energy up? Your sleep is good. Um, do you take supplements? I'm really curious to know uh, with my guests, you know, what are they doing to be ageless?
1: The only things that come to mind is. Um probably October last year, you know, obviously COVID last year being 2020, didn't work for three months there. And then I started working again, but I was so into working again and going, wow, this is amazing, and we could then, you know, slowly go out and do fun things. The gym and working out just wasn't on my mind. But by October, you start realising, wow, my pants are a bit tight. So I joined a training program near my house and we train outdoors and I honestly cannot tell you the difference in I actually want to go to training I get up and I go I'm excited to see everyone it's a good social group and it's fun doing it outdoors and I actually really really enjoy it and obviously great for mental health and just thinking and clarity and I just really love it for sleep I've never really struggled with sleep like even when a plane takes off I'm out for like eight hours, 10 hours. Um, But lately I've been using, I've got this In Essence um, diffuser in my bedroom. I was gifted that and I've got some oils. And I must say, with the diffuser in my room every night, I I sometimes use peppermint if I've got a bit of a blocked nose or then I've got uh, the bergamot or the geranium patchouli, which is a bit more of a stress reliever. I actually really find they do make a difference. I put it on just for an hour. so So it switches off an hour into my sleep and it just, I don't know, but I've been sleeping better since. Maybe it's just in my head, but I love the diffuser in my bedroom. Right. And I don't take supplements as such, but I do take in um, ingestible collagen. Yes. So I've been doing the Vita Glow now for about six months and I'm really enjoying the Vita Glow. Um, I try and do it every day, but as we know with life, sometimes it gets away with us. I did one this morning, my cranberry and lime in my water. It's just its so easy. Put in your water, put into a coffee, put into a smoothie, and I... Um, I really believe in the story behind the marine collagen, really ingesting it to get the collagen through your skin internally as well as using products externally as well. So that, that's all I do really.
0: I love it. Thank you so much for sharing your story because I, I love hearing what people in the industry who, who are working on the most beautiful people and who've got access to everything, what they actually want to do for themselves. And um, I love your... Um, Be-
1: get gifted a lot i mean try and test if i'm actually using it on a regular you know i really like it
0: (laughs) thank you so much my darling it was so good to speak to you i'm going to share links to some of the articles that um we've done together on rescue and also your hair transplant story as well and um i want to thank you so much i always love speaking with you i feel like i'm one of your originals
1: it's so good to see you and to speak. And I, I, as you know, I love giving my tips. So I hope uh, people out there enjoyed them. Mwah. Love you.
0: Yeah. Bye. You. Bye. Ageless by Rescue is brought to you by Rescue Me Academy. Reignite your relationship course. Love your relationship but miss the early days? You're not alone. This course will teach you how to identify your issues, stop the fighting, find what you need to be happy, respark intimacy, and keep the lines of communication open. Join us at rescuemeacademy.com.au to learn more about the program and to download your first free lesson. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and if you did, please share and rate this episode. I'd love that. I'm Baha Etmanen, your host and founder of Ageless by Rescue. For more exclusive content, show transcript, behind-the-scenes video, real people reviews and extended interviews with experts, I invite you to please follow us at Ageless by Rescue on Instagram, Facebook and Rescue TV on YouTube. You can also sign up to receive our e-magazine and newsletters, all for free. I hope you enjoyed this episode and if you did please share and rate this episode i'd love that i'm baha etmanen your host and founder of ageless by rescue for more exclusive content show transcript behind the scenes video real people reviews and extended interviews with experts i invite you to please follow us at ageless by rescue on instagram facebook and rescue tv on youtube You can also sign up to receive our e-magazine and newsletters, all for free.